1: Hello and welcome to the show, I'm Majestic alongside me today and for the next few days is Chelsea YouTuber and broadcaster Rory Jennings and we are all on uh, here for the next few days keeping these seats warm for the legendary H&J and Charlie Baker on today's show we are getting stuck into all of Boxing Day's feast of football as Man United pull a win out of the jaws of defeat. Newcastle lose yet again and the relegation battle is hot and up. We'll also get stuck into the annoying habit of players not celebrating goals against their former teams. Now Rory's got a big problem with that and Gareth Southgate as a good league manager, we'll be talking about all of that between now and four o'clock. And there'll also be a sprinkle of Chelsea chat, too. Would you expect anything else with Roy Jennings here? Uh, remember, this is your show. We want to hear from you, so call us now on 03717 And of course, we are on YouTube. We will take your calls next here on Talk Sport. That's right, it is Wednesday, the twenty seventh of December, me Majestic and Roy Jennings in for the legendary H and J. What an honour that
2: is first and foremost, oh, Roy. Yeah, huge, huge. This is this is the dream. Like yeah, isn't to, it? yeah, I mean they are they are as iconic as they get, aren't they? You know, Hawks, Hawksby and Jacobs as radio shows go, is up there with, you know, that's that's a partnership comparable to what? York and Cole? Yeah. That's tip-top, tip top, isn't do, it?
1: Do you know what? I'm going to take it so far back that I used to listen to them going home from school when my dad used to pick me up in the van back really? in the day. That's, that's how iconic it yeah, is. Yeah, huge boots so to it, fill. It is an honour and a huge boots for us to fill. And for those that have never come across me or Rory on the, on the network before, my name's Majestic. I am a, not only a broadcaster, but a DJ and music producer as well as a Spurs fan. So we've got a straight swap for a Spurs fan in the hot seat and you in the other seat.
2: I'm a Chelsea fan uh, and I am a YouTuber, Chancer, uh, someone who hopes for the best generally. Um, and yeah, I mean, as you, as you say, a Chelsea fan, so filling. We're, we're, we're a direct replacement here, aren't we? Yeah. Maj- Majestic and Jennings, Hawksby and Jacobs. Yeah. It's a it's, it's, uh, squad depth. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so listen, how was your uh, Christmas first and foremost? It's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. I get very festive, Match. I do love it. I do get right in the spirit of Christmas. It's, it's something that I embrace wholeheartedly. And I get so annoyed. You know when people demonstrate an element of sneeriness to Christmas? Oh, really? I just can't abide it. It's the one thing where I just think, okay, I don't want to be around you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to hear it. If you don't, totally embrace and love Christmas. Keep your distance from me. I don't want to know. You're just filling Christmas I jumper feel, mode. I'm, I'm, I'm Christmas jumper. I'm listening to Mariah Carey and Slade all day long. And, <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, I'm only eating turkey. You know this, this kind of new newfound love of like different meats on Christmas Day.
0: Just what
2: are you talking about? Of course, Turkey. Of <laughs> course, I'm only eating Turkey Christmas Day. And in fact, any Christmas meal that I go out go out for. Like I went out for dinner a few times over Christmas for various Christmas celebrations, my football team, my other football team, yeah, yeah. group of mates from when I grew up and whatever. Turkey every time.
1: Wow, you
2: embraced
1: it. It didn't feel too festive for me because I was still in Saudi Arabia until the 24th. Gosh. But so I got back Christmas Eve about 7pm.
2: You were over there for that fight? I was you? over
1: there, of course, for the uh, the Day of Reckoning uh, where we saw Anthony Joshua put in a great performance it's Otto Wallen and uh, Deontay Wilder looking very, very poor. But we'll talk about that later on in the show as well. We'll get a bit of boxing on the show as well today.
2: How was it over there though? Just top lines. Did you have a good time?
1: Mate, it was a fantastic experience yet again. Uh, ended up having a <laughs>
2: jacuzzi with Jared Miller. That's something, Yeah. For, yeah. Okay, that's well, there we go. That's on the bucket list for me. I've never I've never had the privilege so far.
1: <laughs> it's a sight for sore eyes. Me and Miller in a jacuzzi together. The big boys are in town. Uh, speaking of the big boys in town, uh, Man United, the big
2: boys, back to winning ways yesterday. Did you see the game? I did. I did. I watched it. I loved it. I thought it was a great game. It was like a pulsating game of football. It was the it was the game of football that we deserved on a boxing yeah, night. Yeah, for that time of night as yeah, well. Yeah. I thought it was it was spectacular and Manchester United did incredibly well. I think we have to take our hat off to them. They've come in for a lot of stick legitimately. You know, Ten Hag has come in for a lot of stick a lot of the time. A lot more stick than Eddie Howe. A lot more stick than Eddie Howe and I think that's something that we should we should get into, but Ultimately, it is a a huge result. And I think you can draw parallels, I think a lot of people have, of when they beat Aston Villa 3-2 previously when Federico Makeda scored. And, you know, obviously there's a great image of of, uh, Johnny Evans being present that day and present yesterday night. But the, the one that it really echoes with for me would be do you remember a few years ago, I think maybe 2018, Jose Mourinho's Manchester United, they played Newcastle and they were 2-0 down at half-time. Yes. They were 2 nil down at half-time and then it felt like there was a sea change. There was a symbolic Manchester United type, Fergie time kind of victory where Manchester United came out the blocks in the second half and won the game 3-2. At that point, everyone said that could be the defining moment. That could be the change. That could be the exact... Uh, spark to ignite Manchester United under Jose Mourinho in the way that people are com- su- suggesting that perhaps Eric Ten Hag could be lit by this result and Jose Mourinho was sacked about two months later. So I just wonder if the, the result that we saw last night, is that going to be a turning point for Manchester United or is it just another false dawn?
1: Well, Manchester United fans would love to hear from you. Oh three seven one seven double two double three double four. Newcastle. We mentioned Eddie Howe just there. Of course, it was live on Talksport yesterday. St James's Park on Boxing Day. Now that would have been rocking. That would have been. You know, are you know, the lads there at mm. Boxing
2: Day. Let's let's go, man. Didn't work out, did it? It would have been. There would have been expectancy, which is a new thing on on Tyneside. You know, they haven't. They've always been very very loyal and very dedicated fans, but they haven't been. Expectancy. No, there hasn't no. been a level of expectancy. And I think that what's happened is, since the PIF came in and Eddie Howe did remarkable things last year, there is now a level of expectancy. And what happens when expectations change? It becomes very difficult. It becomes very difficult for the players. It becomes very difficult for the manager because there is a demand that is put upon them that perhaps wasn't previously. And the fact that they are currently below Manchester United in the league, when you think of the season that Manchester United are apparently having, Newcastle United are below... Uh, Manchester United in the league and think about off the back of last season you know Eddie Howe he's been lauded hasn't he he's been like touted for the England yeah. job everybody's saying he's getting everything right he's got the Midas touch Eric Ten Hag if you compare them directly Eric Ten Hag finished above them last year in the league and beat them in a cup final since then Eddie Howe has beaten Manchester United every time since but they're below them in the league I just think that Eddie Howe, compared to Eric Ten Hag, I think Eddie Howe is getting away with it massively.
1: Although there will be the talk about the injury crisis at Newcastle, which is, is vast.
2: Yeah, I, uh, know,
1: I know Manchester United fans will say they've got injuries as well. A lot yeah. of clubs are suffering from a big injury list but at what, the moment.
2: what do you think? Do you think that we hold certain managers to very different, different yardsticks to other ones? So, for example, I think Eddie, Eric Ten Hag is, is treated very harshly, not necessarily incorrectly, but he's treated harshly.
1: He's in a very different job. A very different job. You go to Manchester United, it's the biggest club in the world. Fact, really. Yeah, true. You know, and you go there and you look at what Eddie Howe's done with Newcastle from taking them from a relegation battle. I, I will never forget being on this show uh, well, on this network with Carlton Palmer. I was with you, oh, yeah, that, like was with night. you that
2: night. Yeah, and, and Carlton, Carlton Palmer did all the maths. Did all the maths.
1: Yeah, he it was like countdown. He goes, yeah. "If they get this, could he, he put games. his glasses on, didn't yeah, he? He yeah. actually
2: took it really seriously. He did. He did a full equation to work out that Newcastle were in fact relegated. We yeah. were. We were in December, weren't we? Yeah. He decided. He managed to work it out. He did all of the expected points. He he had a look at their fixture list and he concluded that it was impossible for Newcastle United to survive. They did survive. And then they've gone on to go and beat
1: PSG in the Champions League. Free, was it 3 or 4 Nil. they, they, yeah, they beat the f-
2: razzmatazz of Paris Saint-Germain, but then they lost home and away to yeah. Dortmund. Like, like not getting out of that group was unacceptable. Like, really? I think, yeah, completely unacceptable. PSG partic- and Milan in there. Particularly from the position that they were in. Yeah, the, 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 there is the, the context of it doesn't read work very well. And also, you know, you know when you come up against teams like AC Milan and Borussia Dortmund, they're esteemed European clubs, right? So they feel very prestigious. But they're distinctly average. Like Graham Potter's Chelsea... Beat both AC Milan home and away, and not Borussia Dortmund out of the yeah, Champions yeah. League. So, yeah, I think I think Eddie Howe, for one reason or another, does get away with it, and I think he should be held to a, a higher yardstick. I think that we should judge him more acutely, just in line with the way that we judge, say, Eric Ten Hag. Who, ultimately, who do you think is doing a better job in their respective role? Eddie Howe or Eric Ten Hag? Eddie Howe, because what he came into and what's expected from him. You're taking a club
1: that was in a relegation battle. Mm. Under, and, the, and the football that you've seen under Steve Bruce to, to completely revolutionise the football club and move it forward the way that he has in such a short space of time. And yeah, they've spent money, but nowhere near the same money that Ten, ten Hag is spending at Manchester United with a much more clearer direction of football and style. I think, I think yesterday, in fairness to Ten Hag, that second half was the first time I've seen a... Um, Manchester United have a bit of an identity of how to play. Yeah. I thought Bruno Fernandes was, was f- fantastic yesterday. Oh, he was
2: brilliant. Yeah. He was brilliant. I mean, and Alejandro Garnacho is Manchester United, isn't he? He kind of represents Manchester United so perfectly. You know, like a young, prodigious, unpredictable talent marauding down the wing, scoring two goals, having another one disallowed. He is the personality of that team, an extraordinary talent. So, yeah, I think, I think the fact that they're fighting for their manager is quite impressive because... At times, I've felt like they've down tools, and they clearly haven't. But we've seen these false storms before. There was a time, fairly recently, in fact, they looked like they were done. It looked like it was over for Ten Hag. They played Chelsea at uh, Old Trafford, and they turn into Ferguson's treble winners. They have these yeah. moments, but ultimately, they end up back to square one. And they've won what now? Two games out of eight? You know, it's not exactly, it's not exactly impressive from Ten Hag, but it's whether they can use last night's result as a sea change. Uh, I like this message
1: already from uh, from Daniil. It says, "Can you ask Majestic to stop saying the letter H as H, please?"
2: <laughs> right. So you so, okay? So the gripe is that you're you're putting the letter H in the word H. Is yeah. that right in the in the pronunciation? Okay, I think so. I mean, if that's your problem in life, I reckon you've got a privileged life if you can worry about that. I'm opt- I'm 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 envious of <laughs> D'Neil from Douglas who can worry about that. If, if if that is your problem today, you've got a great life, my friend.
1: <laughs> well. <laughs> Listen, I tell you what you have a problem with is players not celebrating when they're scoring goals, especially if you're scoring a hat trick. Hate it.
2: An um, hat trick hate it with all of the fibres of my being, genuinely hate it, don't understand it, it makes no sense. How can somebody who had such an insignificant career at Newcastle somehow position themselves as as being part of the fabric of the club and not celebrating? I just I just don't understand it. Chris Chris Wood scored almost as many goals in his whole Newcastle
1: career in that one game. He scored four goals at Newcastle in 35 games.
2: I mean, I, I honestly, I don't understand it. Give me Emmanuel Adebayor every day of the week. Adebayor charging towards the away fan, fans, full of passion. Full of full of bile, full of venom, full of a point to prove. Because the thing that really does wind me up about it, right? If you if it's very difficult for me to do this because sadly I'm not a very good footballer. But you know if you were to have the luxury of speaking to a, a former pro and ask them what kind of goal do they like scoring the most? Where do they like scoring the most? It simply has to be, it would defy logic for the answer to that question not to be scoring against my old club. The the old club that perhaps you fell out with the manager. You fell out with the club. The fans didn't love for whatever reason. You've left. That must be the most perfect goal. It must be the, like if you ask Chris Wood at the beginning of the season, where hmm. if you're going to score one hat trick all year, where do you want it to be? His answer must be Saint James's Park. Just to show them. Just to show. Like it has to be. So the fact that he's decided to pretend that it doesn't mean as much to him, or he doesn't want to celebrate, or he wants to somehow somehow do this faux demonstration of of. What is it? He's he's kind of they're trying to p- perhaps position it as being classy, doing the right thing. I, I, Nonsense. I don't, know, I don't know
1: whether there's there's something about the players maybe thinking about later on in life when mm. they're associated with clubs. You know when we we have people that come on to, to talk sport and it's yeah. like, you know, former... Keep
2: your options open. Yeah, former Crystal Palace <laughs> yeah.
1: and, and yeah. Uh, Tottenham winger or former, you know, yeah. there, there's, there's a lot of that going on. So are they trying
2: to think about f- future... Relations? Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't. I just, I think it's I think it's perhaps a, a demonstration of quite how good-natured they are. You know, I'm full of respect. I'm a classy guy. Like, I'll give you a ridiculous example. Levi Colwell scored for Chelsea this year against Brighton and didn't celebrate. Like, what, what? are you doing? Why? why, why no? You've just scored for Chelsea, right? You've scored for a club that presumably you love. You've been there for donkey's years. I hope that you're over the moon, that you've made your way into the first team. You've scored a goal at Stamford Bridge in front of the shed end. This is significant in your life and in your career. And for some reason, you've decided to position it as. I'm celebrating. No, you know, out of respect, out of respect to the Brighton fans.
0: Don't care about the Brighton fans. Celebrate. Enjoy the moment. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
1: But we mentioned about Burnley before the short pause. We were talking about the relegation battle. So somebody knows Burnley very well. Let's bring in former Burnley forward, Robbie Blake, who joins the show. Good afternoon, Robbie. Good afternoon, Robbie. Have we got Robbie? Robbie there? Is he thinking about the quiz? <laughs>
0: Good afternoon. Good evening. Again, Hello, we got Robbie.
1: You. Uh, festive greetings, Robbie. Did you have a nice Christmas, sir? Yeah,
0: yeah, it was very well, thanks. I too much,
1: so but ne- never mind. <laughs> well, that's what that's what Christmas is for, especially now. You know, not playing, you get to eat as much food <laughs> as you like.
0: Yeah, to be honest, I didn't really used to go by that anyone I used to play, so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I <yeah>.
1: had <laughs> no excuses. <laughs> Listen, we, obviously we're going to be talking about your, your former club, Burnley, currently uh, sat 19th in the Premier League. It's not looking good. Um, what's the feeling around the club with Vince and company at the moment? Because, you know, Rory's. everyone's been talking about this style that Burnley are trying to play in the Premier League, and it's just it just isn't working out for him, is it? Oh, I think we might have lost Robbie there. We'll, we'll come back to Robbie in a moment's time. Uh, We're going to get Robbie back. Uh, this is the joys of live radio, Rory. There I'll, we go. There we the go. Wednesday
2: I think afternoon. it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to hear his perspective on this. You know, like uh, a player who's played for Burnley. Does he think that companies should be a little bit more pragmatic as we? Yeah, suggested? of course.
1: And, and, and the thing is, as we've said before, it's the Premier League. It's a completely
2: different... Because mm. there is obviously something to be said for staying true to your principle and, and you know having an ethos and a template that you want your players to conform to. I just wonder if it keeps costing you points. At what point, if there is one, do you draw the line? Well,
1: I, and as you say, if it's a club thing, where they go, this is the ethos we're building around the club, then, for example, everyone can just jump on board with it and go, look, we're going to try. It might not work. But then, sort of, everyone can come to peace with it, maybe.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting angle—the one that you were talking about earlier, which is potentially they've they they've believe that they're ahead of schedule. They're happy that they're up, they're up ahead of schedule, and they're seeing this as a free hit. I wonder if there is any truth in that.
1: It'd be, it'd, like I said, it'd be, it'd be nice to know because, like you said, that game against Luton Town—that's that's quite you know close now. Mm. That is, I think, if they lose that, make or break. Yeah, that's it done.
2: Yeah. I agree
1: because uh, I tell you what, Luton are giving it a right good go, I know. and you go to you go to Luton on the 30th, did
2: didn't you? <sighs> yeah, we play Luton. We go, we go away to Luton, and that to me just feels we feel like the perfect opposition for Luton at Kenilworth Road. Like Edwards would be loving that. Like we, I think we're a big enough club and we're a pre- prestigious enough club for it to feel like a scalp. Oh, but massively! But we're very, but we're very beatable. So we're not, we're not quite the scalp that it will be positioned as, but. I think they will look at it as being a scap. You know, they're beating a side that were recently European champions, world champions, in fact.
1: Uh, I think Robbie now is getting back on the phone line. Robbie, are you with us?
0: Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry,
1: guys, sorry. That's okay, my friend. Uh, I don't know how much of that you got from me there just, just a moment ago. We we're talking about, with Vincent Company at the moment, of course there's a certain style yeah. that he's trying to enforce at burnley and he did so well in the championship with it it's not you know yeah. trans transitioning so well into the premier league It's a completely different league you know how behind vincent company and that ethos do you feel that the the burnley fans are at the moment
0: i think well i think i think they're still behind him i think i think the problem which rory touched upon as well is the hardest part the way vincent wants to play um you have to have
1: you know, a certain type of player.
0: Oh, I, I think. Um, we, oh. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, we got you, Robbie. I think this is a bit of a bad connection.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I was just, I was just saying that. Um, you know, where the the way the, the way he's trying to play, you need a certain type of player. Now, Burnley up players...
1: Oh, I think we've lost Robbie there. Let's let's bring him down for a second, uh, producer Ross. Um, you know, that's definitely when the older
2: FaceTime sometimes when you're out in those dodgy areas. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? And it's it's great for him to find the time to to try and talk to us. Obviously, there's a everybody's very busy at the moment, aren't they? You know, families and Christmas time and whatever else. So it is a shame to to miss out, but hopefully we'll be able to pick him up at some point but today. But to go
1: on his point there, as, as he's even just said there, the fans are still behind him, but. The style of play that he is trying to enforce at Burnley, it takes a particular player. But this is the
2: point, isn't it? If, if you haven't got the player, then you can't really play that way. It'd be like, like, you play the hand that you're dealt. Whatever you whatever you have, you make work for you.
1: But this is what the argument of some of Spurs fans have had with Big Ange. When you saw uh, Mickey van der Ven go out and mm. injured, and you had Romero injured, and you put Dyer and Davies in, and you're still playing a high line. Mm. Are you going to try and play that way with players that clearly can't play that style?
2: But... But I think Ange Postecoglou is a good example to use here because although it's going very well and Tottenham fans are happy, you're far more equipped to talk about this than me, but I think he's made mistakes, Postecoglou. For example, against Chelsea, Chelsea can't score, really. We're not free scoring. We don't find it easy to get the ball in the back of the net. Against teams that defend against us, we, we literally can't score. You know, Brentford come to Stamford Bridge, they win 2-0. Aston Villa come to Stamford Bridge, they win 1-0. Nottingham Forest, in fact, come to Stamford Bridge, they win 1-0. We cannot score goals against teams that play that low block. So when Tottenham find themselves in a situation where they have no well, they don't have enough players on the pitch to to compete. Yeah. You can't defend on the halfway line. You can't put Eric Dyer as a last man on the halfway line against players like Mudrick and Jackson because the one thing that Mudrick and Jackson do... I, I, I don't rate those either of those players, by the way. But the one thing that they do have is pace. So I think it was naive from Postacoglu.
1: Let's see if we can be third time lucky with Robbie. Uh, Robbie, sorry, we lost you there. Um, you were just talking about having the, the right players to play that style of football.
0: Yeah, no, I think when you look at his squad of players... That, that, that have not really, you know, a massive side where they could change and maybe do be a little bit more pragmatic with the approach. Maybe you go a little bit more direct. I think Vincent's brought in a certain type of player to suit how he wants to play. Which, you know, for every every manager, you know, you you want to stamp your own authority and have your own philosophy of how you want to play. And I think that's the way Vincent's gone down. And I think maybe Vincent might be a little bit taken back even though he was a, an unbelievable player and he played at, you know, at the highest level and won great honours he maybe didn't realise how difficult it is to manage a club with that sort of same type of player that you can do in a championship because when I went to watch them in the championship it was, it was just like a training session for them. now that they're in the big league you know you, you, Like I, I do agree with Roy you have to be a little bit more pragmatic but I, I sort of tend to think with the players and the personnel he's got at the minute he can't really go down that route at the minute, so he sort of forced himself into a situation where he has to keep going. And because he's, he's the great player he's been, and he's, he's still had success while he's been a manager, he'll stick to his principles of how he wants to play, and he'll try he's up to get out of the trouble he's in at the minute with, with that same philosophy, I believe.
2: Yeah, Robbie, obviously you have an understanding of of Burnley, far superior to what I could or what Majestic does. Knowing the club as you do, knowing the culture around the club and the fans as you do, do you feel like they'll be patient? Do you think they'll be supportive of this approach from company or do you think it will start to to bear frustration soon?
0: No, I, to be fair, Roy, I, I think they'll be patient with it and I think Burnley is one of them clubs that... Of course, they don't want to go down, but I'd imagine, to be honest, lads, if you asked 50% of the supporters, and it's not a, a lack of ambition, it'd just be like, would you rather watch the championship week in and week out and, and win the majority of games, or would you rather watch the better teams come to, to Turf Moor and, and get beat? And I think it'd be the first choice. So I, I, I think with the success they had with Sean in, in charge and, and the way he played is a little bit different to Vincent, I think they've just been refreshed with how Vincent's gone about playing the game. I think they've never really seen that attack in football for a long, long time. So I think they're, they're on that crest of the wave, and I still think they're on that wave of the belief they've got in Vincent.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Like you said, last year I watched Burnley in the Championship, they were phenomenal. You know, it, it was yeah. pretty much over by Christmas time, wasn't it? And I think yeah. you're right in seeing where he, he set out on that path and playing the style of football and some of, and some of the way that you were playing last year. It's kind of like you don't really want to go back to the old pragmatic style. That, like I said, Dicey had success in the Premier League playing in a certain way. Um, and, and perhaps the fans are enjoying this new revolution. The, the fans I've spoke to on, on here, Rob, they, they've yeah. all said that. It feels like the project with company is ahead of yeah. schedule and this season's a bit of a free hit. Is what someone said to me.
0: Yeah, no, it, it probably will be in, the re- in, in terms of everything that comes with relegation and stuff like that, lads. Because you know, Burnley, I would imagine that they do pay for, well, but I don't think they'd play pay to a, a, a place where it would absolutely destroy the club if they did go down. So I think the club in that in that respect is is in good hands, and it's it's not it's not going to cripple like Leeds United. But what happened in, in certain clubs like that when they it's just free for all. So yeah, no, I. I it's tough because if you ask Vincent to play a different way as well to try and get other results he's going to have to bring a whole bunch of players in Yeah. that doesn't, doesn't probably suit his system doesn't suit his, his eye the way he wants the game to be played and inevitably you know if you can stick to that philosophy and you get a break and you bring one or two good players in which he has you know you, you've still got a chance and listen I, I agree we used to that they're, they're in a difficult position at the minute but in the next four games you know they've got Um, Luton at home and and Fulham at home, but also in that they've got Villa away and Man City away. So as I look at it now, they they must win the two home games 100% because while Villa um, is a really tough game, it's going to be difficult to get something. Obviously Man City, we all know what Man City are like at home. So they'll be looking and Vince will be looking for the next two home games. It needs to be maximum points because even though we're only halfway through the season, I feel if they don't make maximum points from there it's going to be a tough road because Everton have picked up very well on the, on the dice yeah. and obviously you know Forest have had a great result against Newcastle yesterday. So that's just given them a little bit of mountain to climb. And obviously, to be fair, play, fair play to Luton. Um, you know they're, they're they're picking up good points and they're difficult to beat.
1: Uh, I'll tell you what they could do with Robbie a like goal like yours against Manchester United Burnley's first ever Premier League goal I remember no, it like it was that, yesterday
0: fair, yeah, that, was a, that was a miss hit mate trust
1: me <laughs> <laughs> listen if I could have any miss hits like that in yeah. my locker Robbie I'd pay <laughs> t- time and time again listen Robbie thank you for sharing your downtime with us yeah. we really appreciate you brother thank you that was a uh, Former Burnley striker, Robbie Blake. What a goal that
2: was though. Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. It was such a moment as well for the Premier League, wasn't it? Yeah. Burnley getting
1: their first ever going to do it in that style. So there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of history and heritage with Burnley in the Premier League now. They've become a bit of a mainstay, and that was down to Sean Dyche's pragmatic style. Perhaps this is Burnley 2.0 and it needs a bit bit of time to develop under Vincent Company. The
0: Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. It was, yeah, there's uh, certain players. I, I met
2: Harry Kane and I was, like, totally awestruck. Obviously, I spend a lot of my life talking about Tottenham. You do? But but I they met Harry Kane. have in your head. <laughs> yeah, you do at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but I... Uh, but you, you know, you haven't been there since 1991 or whenever it was the last time you won significant silverware, but that's another conversation. Uh, what the about
1: the time <laughs> we actually beat you in the Carling Cup league final? League Cup, League Cup. Carling it's, Cup final, we beat to, you. Two,
2: two League Cups since 1991.
1: Listen, listen, Jonathan listen. Woodgate lives in your head, mate. <laughs> yeah? Dimitar Bourbonsov. Lovely little penalty. Yeah, it was indeed. <laughs> right, we've still got another player coming up in the final hour of the show. I'm, I'm enjoying this, quiz. It's a
2: great game. It's, it's, a, it's a great game. I could play this all, play this all night. In we, fact, we'll, we'll, tonight, I might take it home to my missus to see if we can play together.
1: <laughs> we will be playing this all week, so if you uh, if you like it, then uh, you're going to enjoy the show for the rest of the week. Uh, Talk Sport. Despite Newcastle's dip in form, I would have Eddie Howe over Ten Hag any day of the week. Eddie is a class actor. We're the lads! That's from Barkus in Newcastle. Um... Listen, I'm here to keep, keep caught, Rory. That's what yeah. I'm here to do, yeah? yeah? And, uh, you know, I have a lot of people on my Spurs chat, especially going, man, you worked with that Rory Jennings, didn't you? You worked with that Rory Jennings. <laughs> you can't stand him, yeah? I mean, i hold you accountable. So I'm going to do it on behalf of Mike and Bournemouth, who says I'm really tiresome. And I like the word here, because I like this sometimes. Shock jock stuff from Rory this afternoon. Uh, Eddie Howe's work at Newcastle was far superior to Eric Ten Hag. Where were Newcastle expected to finish last year? Uh, compare that with Manchester United as well as the spends. You both described Man United fans um, a, a, as a great club. Uh, the guy who said Eddie had never achieved anything, like taking Bournemouth from the bottom of League Two to the Premier League for the first time ever. He took League One players and established them as Premier League players. Hugh, Daniels, Ritchie, Cook, Francis, Wilson and more. He's doing the same now, turning the likes of Longstaff, Joe Linton and Byrne into top six players, whilst Ten Hag... Uh, Ruins a fortune on the likes of Anana and Anthony. Eddie should have so much credit in the bank with the fans and media alike. That's from Mike in Bournemouth. What do you uh, make of that? I mean, I don't, this I, is your
2: chance to I, reply. Look, I just don't think it's true. I think that that is a very sympathetic approach to Eddie Howe, who, let's face it, hasn't done particularly well this season. The fact that they plummeted out of Europe with with a whimper, considering the really strong position that they were in, was unacceptable. And if you compare, if you want to do a direct comparison between Eddie Howe and Eric Ten Hag. Manchester United finished third last season, Newcastle finished fourth. Manchester United won a trophy last season, beating Newcastle United in that final. So it's silverware and position where Eric Ten Hag has beaten Eddie Howe. Halfway through this season, Manchester United are now two points ahead of Newcastle. Bearing in mind that Manchester United are currently a team in crisis. Manchester United are a team that's set up to fail, according to many people who talk about the club. I just think it's unbelievable the way that the media and certain fans talk about Eddie Howe and they seem to think that he's doing a really good job and everything is very positive, And that could be true. But if it's true about Eddie Howe, then it's certainly true about Eric Ten Hag. Eric Ten Hag has done a better job at Manchester United than Eddie Howe has done at Newcastle. I don't even think that's particularly controversial. The facts, the facts are there. They finished above them in the league last year. They're above them in the league this year. They beat them in a final. They've won silverware. Newcastle United hasn't.
1: Okay, I'm going to throw it out to the, the wonderful TalkSport listeners. All you've got to do is text us or tweet us at TalkSport or text us on 81089 and simply just put the name. Who would you prefer as your manager of your football club? Eddie Howe or Eric Ten Hag? All you need to do is tweet us or text us 81089. Who would you prefer? Ten Hag or Howe at your football club? Pochettino goes tomorrow. Who do you want in the dugout?
2: I mean, I want neither. But no, you choose out one. Out of
1: the two, Eric Ten Hag's a better manager than Eddie Howe. Eric Ten Hag's a better manager than Eddie Howe. Well, he's achieved far more already. Well, well yeah. Is, Sil- it, Silverware, you can't... This is the problem with the whole Silverware conversation. You can't really argue.
2: No, you can't argue with Silverware. I mean, the way that his Ajax team played, he's overall, he is, a, he is just a better manager. He's a bit more experienced manager who's achieved more. If Mauricio Pochettino were to leave, a situation I'm not totally against, I would rather Ten Hag than Eddie Howe. I wouldn't want either, but I would rather Ten Hag. Pro, uh,
1: producer Ross Everton, if Everton get, dash you out tomorrow, Ten Hag or Howe? Ten Hag. So
2: oh, we've got two Ten Hags there. Ten, ten Hag tuning up already. Go gonna what are you going to do? Make it a hat trick, uh, No, I'm going to go Eddie Howe. Are you? Okay, I like, two, I like the people, Brilliant. man. There's some texts coming in already. They're coming
1: in already. It's
0: one all. Keep those coming in. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on Talk Sport.